Hello, and welcome back to Anointed Fire. My name is Tiffany Buckner, and I got 10 minutes with you. I want to talk about Rejection's National Anthem, uh, something that I've sung many, 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 many times, and I know just about everybody around me has sung this song at some point in their lives, and I want to talk about it. Um, nine times out of ten, I have to do part one and part two to this because I'm on my way home from making poor choices. I just went to Chick-fil-A. I haven't been there in a while, but... Um, at the same time, I haven't woken up early in the morning in a while, and I happen to be up. Um, I went to bed pretty early, so I happen to be up, and I'm like, I want breakfast, and that's the only breakfast that I really have a craving for. So anyhow, I want to talk about this thing we have a tendency to say, if you don't want me at my worst, you can't have me at my best. And typically, these are, you know, say, like whenever you see them on TikTok or on social media, it's usually a person that is overweight or even obese. And what they are doing is they're showing you a video of them, you know, um, overweight. And, you know, it starts off with them in front of a gym mirror. And then the next thing you know, it crosses into them, you know, being in a gym. And, you know, you, it's almost like there's always some preaching in the background while they're exercising and they're going at it, they're going at it, they're going at it. And then finally they emerge and they show this beautiful version of themselves where they've lost all the weight. Underneath all of the weight, you know, you find a person that, you know, by a world standard is relatively attractive or what have you. And a lot of times people will use that to say, well, you know, that was somebody that, you know, I had to, I had a crush on this guy, and you know, but he wanted the skinny girl. He wanted the girl with the long hair. He wanted the girl like this. But now look at me. Now he wants me. Um, and we have that, you know, and that seems to be some type of victim victory. We turn him, ourselves into the victims. We turn, our, turn him into the villain. And in all our honesty, I sung that song as well, you know, too, because a lot of times what we look at is, hey, I have these great qualities. I would be great with you. I would love you. I would treat you well. But you're not giving me a chance because you can't get past my, <laughs> you can't get past my stomach. You can't get past whatever feature we feel is keeping us out of that man's, um, you know, out, out, out of his. I'm trying to find a word for that. Out of his, keeping him from being attractive. We'll just keep it simple. Okay. So, let me tell you why I have a problem with that. I used to say that until I was on the other, the receiving end of that belief system. Until I was on the receiving end of that belief system. And let me tell you why I have a problem with that. First and foremost, you know, when I was on, the many times I've been on the receiving end, it's been a guy who wasn't at his, his best. And that, when I say at his best, I'm talking about physically and sometimes emotionally because let's be real, what's going on physically has a, it is a direct correlation to what is, it's a direct correlation to what's going on mentally and emotionally. And so that guy may have had some type of attraction to me or what have you, but just like everybody else, you know, you have eyes to see and you get to make a determination as to whether or not you want that version of a person. Now, understand this, that version of a person is not necessarily their best version. And it's almost like, okay, you're saying, I don't feel like you're the best version of yourself, therefore I'll give you the worst version of me. But if I was a better version of myself, then I would go with somebody else. You see how shallow and narcissistic that sounds. And even though nobody says that out loud, we can see the many times, the many couples, for example, whereas they were overweight couples, they're all over. I'm talking about they were overweight when they got together. And all of a sudden, for example, the woman went out, and both of them hit the gym, but the woman, when she emerged from the gym, she looked like a complete different person, completely different person. She uh, looked like a model. She was just absolutely gorgeous. And right within that, you know, all of a 
there are men paying attention to her that never gave her attention before, and she starts struggling in her relationship with her guy, even though in some cases he may have even lost the weight as well, but she starts struggling with uh, remaining faithful because now guys that she's really attracted to are paying attention to her. And it's happened uh, many times with guys as well, you know. Um, a lot of times they gave a woman not the best version of themselves. They got with a woman because she was within the zip code of their reach. And then whenever they they reached their goals, uh, whenever they they became the person they believed they had the potential to become, uh, many times they walked away from the women who had dared to take a risk with them because they felt like, you know, they were deserving of better. And that's the reason why I don't like that saying anymore is because a lot of times people are basically saying, hey, listen, um, here's a, a pair of shoes that are, you know, they have a hole in it or what have you. I'm going to give it to you at a discount because I think you're a good person. But then those same shoes, if, if you know, let's say, for example, somebody stops at a house and you say to them, hey, I'll come pick up the shoes around 6, six o'clock today or 6 o'clock Tuesday. But between that day and 6 o'clock Tuesday, somebody comes over to their house and says, hey, those shoes, oh, girl, I got this. You know, you can fix that. You can repair that or what have you, and then that thing is repaired um, on the shoes, and next thing you know, um, they call you back talking about some, hey, I got the shoes fixed, I changed my mind. Either I'm going to keep the shoes or um, I've changed the price of the shoes. And so what what has happened is that they've changed the price because the value in their sight of the shoe has changed. So that's the reason why I think that that's erroneous. Um, even when on TikTok and what have you, this trend that, You'll see a woman, uh, a lot of times she will be obese, she'd be overweight, or what have you, and she will take videos of herself and she will talk about, you know, some guy that dumped her. And like I said, it's this, uh, this victim to victory type thing. She'll talk about a man, you know, that, that walked out of her life and then she'll show herself, I'm talking about skinny, and all of a sudden she's a dime. And basically, you know, insinuating or even sometimes directly saying that now that man regrets rejecting her as if we are just physical creatures. So, understanding, first and foremost, you are a spirit within a body. You are a spirit within a body. Secondly, you need to love yourself before you can even try to ask somebody else to love you. And how you feel about yourself will show up in how you treat yourself physically and mentally. It will show up in that. If you are dealing with mental and emotional issues that do, that make you not love yourself, that make you not take care of yourself, then it is nobody else's responsibility to come in and to love you in that state. If you go and get yourself in a better state and that person turns and looks at you and decides, hey, I like you now, it doesn't mean that it's just physical. Sometimes it's just now you're exuding confidence that you never had. Now you're standing out because you are starting to love yourself. I'm going to give this real quick story. Like I said, this is going to be short because, yeah, I am on my way home and I got a, I got a notification from my ring that the guys are outside about to remove that tree from my yard. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I have a fallen tree in my yard. So, so anyhow, my mom got with my dad because of my dad's potential. My mom got with my dad because of my dad's potential. So my mom in high school or in elementary, I mean junior high, she was considered the beautiful girl, relatively popular. She had all the guys that, you know, she was shy as well, but my mom was, you know, just really, really pretty. Um, my granddad, matter of fact, I met some guys. Uh, my ex, my ex, I met his uncles, and when they found out who my mom was, they started screaming. They like, oh, man. Well, they found out who 
my family was, and I was in a car with two of them, and they were talking about who they had a crush on. Um, one of them had a crush on one of my aunties. They was like, she had a Coke bottle shaving. He was like, man, I wanted that woman. And the other one had a crush on my other auntie. But my ex, my ex-husband, his dad had a crush on my mom growing up. He said, you know, he used to work for my granddad, and he had even moved in my granddad's house at one point and was, you know, pretty much serving almost, you know, working working around the house, fixing stuff and all of that. And he was like, he had the biggest crush on my mom. But they all said the same thing. My granddad was that shotgun-toting guy with the pretty daughters, and nobody could get to their daughters or what have you, get to his daughter or what have you. But his daughter, sorry. But what ended up happening was my dad came around the corner. Now, my dad, he was considered unattractive at school. My dad, you know, this is what he told me. He was always being made fun of by other kids, and people always talked about him. But my mom, she was a beauty. He considered himself the beast. Um, my mom, she wasn't physically attracted to my dad. She got with my dad, according to her, because my dad was a son of a pastor, um, one, even though he wasn't raised by his dad, but he was a son of a pastor, and at the same time, my dad was super intelligent. He was a genius, and, well, he still is. He, he's a genius, and she believed that one day he was going to grow up to become a pastor and he will probably be the first black president of the United States. So my mom, in many retrospects, married my dad because she thought she was going to become a first lady. That was her goal. She thought that she was going to become a first lady. So she said there came a time where she had to choose between uh, my dad and this other guy because she wasn't in a relationship with either one of them, and both of them were really actively pursuing her. Both of them were aware of one another. They were aware that both of them had interest in her. So she had to make a decision. And she based her decision on what she believed. She said, my dad, and this is what my mom used to tell us growing up. I've heard this my whole life. She said, my dad was ugly, and she believed nobody would want him. She believed nobody would want him but her, and so, and he was going to be successful. The other guy, on the other hand, she believed that every female was going to want him and that he was going to spend his entire life out here being, uh, you know, being unfaithful and stuff like that. So consequently, my mom made the decision to choose my dad. The problem with that was she wasn't attracted to him. That's the problem. She wasn't attracted to him. Consequently, um, sorry, I'm pulling up in my house and the guy's in my driveway, so I got to pull up on the side of the road, Lord. She ain't never did. I ain't never Okay, so. I'm going to have to do part two to this because uh, I know the guy's going to start engaging me in a conversation um, or what have you. But anyhow, and i got to try to navigate into the house with my dog. But I will come back and I'll finish telling the story shortly.